This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. We're going to talk money and politics with Monica Crowley, former assistant secretary at the U.S. Treasury during the Trump administration and the author now of the Monica Crowley podcast. And we also finally found Steve Moore. How about that? Very good, Steve. Freedom Works, uh, Heritage, Committee to Unleash Prosperity Hotline, and more money. WABC radio host, his show follows this show. Steve Moore's great show follows this show on many of these same stations. Welcome to both of you. Monica, I would say right now Kevin McCarthy, 10, Joe Biden, 0. Nobody believed in the White House that McCarthy would put together a debt ceiling increase budget, but they did, and it's a good one, and it's been well-received everywhere. And Joe Biden is now, this is day 87, where he has not had another meeting with McCarthy, and he's been saying for months, get me a budget and I'll talk to you, but he won't. And I think uh, it's doing Biden a lot of damage. And I think Kevin McCarthy is the number one politician right now in Washington, D.C. What do you think? Well, it's great to be with you, Larry, and Steve as well. Good afternoon. And I agree with you. I think, you know, expectations were pretty low for Speaker McCarthy, given the Republicans' past track record in terms of trying to herd the caps and put together a reasonable, responsible package to handle the debt ceiling now and into the future. But McCarthy did exactly that because I think he really understands, and I think the majority of Republicans now understand, what a dire moment this is for the country. I mean, if you handle the debt crisis in this country, the deficit crisis, the spending crisis, the out-of-control government crisis, if you handle it now, we might, might be able to stave off a real economic implosion and other kinds of uh, attendant emergencies that are heading toward us unless we handle this now. So McCarthy gets it. I think part of it was a function of the fact we had 20 Republicans hold out in January of this year. They were not going to vote for him for speaker unless and until he agreed to certain conditions, including how to handle the debt ceiling. So they have held him to it, and he has been able to bring the party together with a very responsible plan. I also agree with you, Larry, that, you know, the the difference between now and in the past is that in the past, Republicans really haven't been unified. They haven't really felt they may have felt strongly about it personally, but there was not a lot of political will to handle reigning in spending and so on. This moment is very different. Mm. And, and this is why I think it's going to, unlike previous times where the Republicans were in fact blamed for a government shutdown, um, you know, shutting down certain aspects of the government and so on. I think this time around it's going to be different wow. because not only do the Republicans get it, but I think most of the American people get the emergency moment we're in as well. Well, well basically, Steve Moore, there's only one person or one group that has a plan to increase the debt ceiling, and that is Kevin McCarthy in the House Republicans. The Senate, Chuck Schumer has no plan to increase the debt ceiling. Joe Biden has no plan to increase the debt ceiling. And they're going to have to come to McCarthy. They are going to have to negotiate. You've got Democrats who may not agree with McCarthy's plan, but they're all calling for Biden to negotiate. This is day 87. I'm keeping count. Day, I had Kevin on the show 
the uh, the day after he put this thing out. Day eighty seven, Steve. No meeting. Yeah. Uh, no cup of coffee. No oh, diet yeah. coke with a Hershey bar. Uh, no drive-in movie. No nothing. He this Biden can't survive. He's going to have to fold on this. Well, first of all, first of all, I agree with everything Monica said. I think she summarized it perfectly. And you know, I, I would just add that maybe uh, maybe uh, Kevin McCarthy for Time Magazine Man of the Year. Yes, he's, he's yes. Had an amazing, amazing he's, performance. Steve, he's the most popular. Look, I've seen the polls. Yeah, he is right now the most popular politician in Washington. <laughs> Now, he, that's a low bar. <laughs> he, no, but he, he – listen to this. He has a plus 10 approval yeah. rating. Plus 10. No one's even close to that. Sorry. Yeah. So, look, I, I – and I, I'm, some, I'm someone over the years who's kind of run hot and cold on McCarthy, so I'm not a – but I think he's done a, a sensational job. And, by the way, everything is, that he is in his package is reasonable and popular. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and you talk about these things on your show every night as, you know, Work requirements. Oh, my God, that's a mega policy. Eighty percent of Americans right. have work requirements for welfare and, you know, getting rid of the IRS funding and you know, putting a cap on spending and getting rid of this idiotic, uh, you know, student loan bailout. So mm-hmm. taxpayers can pay for people who don't pay their loans. Those are very sensible, common sense policies. Now, let's just shift to where Biden is right now. I was on Fox News this morning, and this woman who was on with me saying, you know, the, the Republicans are a threat to democracy. and That's their you know, latest line. I'm like, wait a minute. Democracy, is you've got a, a Republican House and a Democratic president, and, and you've got a president who says he's not going to negotiate. That's not the way, that's right. not the way democracy right. works. Right. Right? And so uh, I think he's and, – and, you know, my advice, my only problem with, with McCarthy is I don't want him to keep asking – Biden to negotiate. You know, I, I think I said this on your show last week. Uh, and Larry, you've never experienced this, but I've experienced it many times. If you ask a girl out four times to go out with you, <laughs> and she keeps saying no, she doesn't want to go out with you. All right. Well, so wait you- a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I I got I proposed to, to my saintly wife. I don't know, five or six times before she hit the bit. Monica, Monica was the hardest trade, hardest sale I ever made, Monica. She, I kept proposing to her, and she kept telling me no. What do you make of that, Monica? Well, as, as the only woman in this discussion, I want to say, you know, um, you and your wife, Larry, are an extraordinary couple. Well, so, we've been married know. We've been married 35 years, but I'm just saying I I had to ask for negotiation five times. (laughs) Yeah, well, good good for Judy. Good for Judy. She was playing hard to get. She drove it up hard. Right. And and more power to her. Right. Yeah. Um, Look, I I think, look, the the Democratic Party is not the Democratic Party of your fathers and your grandfathers, okay? This is not the party of FDR or JFK or even Bill Clinton. This is a radical revolutionary party. All of the energy and activism are on the radical left with the AOCs of the world. Joe Biden is basically a succeed puppet. And so he is going along with how the radicals have been directing his administration all along. This is why he is like, well, I'm drawing a land, a line in the sand, and I'm not going to negotiate on controlling any, any spending. Mistake because the American people are in a different place than where the radical left and Joe Biden are, and it is going to backfire on the Democrats in a major way. Yeah, you know, that's it, Steve. Biden basically is saying he won't cut a dollar, right. he won't cut a dollar out of the budget. 
That's his basic position, isn't it? I mean, they do not want to cut anything. And I and I think Monica's right. I mean, polls suggest that the public is perfectly happy to trim fat out of the budget. And that yeah, they don't, right? And that the student yeah. law, I mean, that's why Biden's position, uh, I don't fault McCarthy for negotiation because he's got the upper hand. The, the public yeah, is does. against Biden. Well, the big issue now, Larry, is what does Chucky Schumer do? Yes. You know, can he get I don't think he can get the votes to get anything through the Senate. And he's I mean, McCarthy has has boxed these Democrats in. Yes. With collapsing walls. He, they're in a very tough position right now. And he's really flipped the situation. And he, he is uh, in great shape. I don't think the Democrats. You know, Joe Manchin said he's not going to vote for a clean debt ceiling bill. So uh, I think this is a, a great position um, and it's going to be negotiated. And we do have to raise the debt ceiling. But Biden is the one who's been talking for six months with his Treasury Secretary about it's going to be Armageddon if we don't raise the debt ceiling on time. And they're not doing anything about it. Yeah, we we had former Senator Phil Graham on who went through two of these things with Graham Rudman back in the Reagan 80s. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Phil's point, Steve, was that, uh, yeah, we have to raise the debt ceiling, but there's only one group that has a proposal to raise the right. debt ceiling, and that is – McCarthy and the Republic and the House Republicans. Chuck Schumer doesn't have a plan to raise debt ceiling, and Joe Biden doesn't have a plan to raise the debt ceiling. Doesn't have anything, he, you know. And so that's a very envious position for McCarthy to be in. That's why I say he's the king of the hill right now. Yeah, I agree. And and I'd only add to that that Phil Graham knows that virtually, you know, we've had at least five or six times in the last 30 years where we've had major budget agreements yes. where the uh, leverage was the debt ceiling. Eight and, times. And, and by the way, the guy who negotiated the last one, which was the Budget Control Act, which is something I favored, mm-hmm. guess who negotiated that? Yeah, it was Biden. Yep. It was, Joe B- it was Barack Obama's vice president. Eight, yep. t- eight times, Steve, in the last 38 years, debt yep. ceilings have come to big budget cuts. Yep. Uh that's a good factoid. All right, let's take a quick break. I want to come back. Um, the Disney-DeSantis knife fight. That was a big Wall Street Journal editorial. It's a tough story. Monica Crowley's with us, former Assistant Treasury Secretary. Monica Crowley podcast. I, she actually let me on the Monica Crowley podcast. I talk about negotiations. I had to ask five or six times. And Steve Moore, Freedom Works Committee to Unleash Prosperity Hotline and more money. Great radio show following this show on most of the same stations. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're here with Monica Crowley, the former assistant secretary of the Treasury during the Trump administration, author and political columnist and commentator. And uh, right now, the purveyor of the Monica Crowley podcast and Steve Moore, whose great radio show more money follows this show on uh, many of these same stations and uh, committee to unleash prosperity and freedom works. Um, a good editorial. I thought in the journal, the DeSantis Disney knife fight, they're both going to lose. Uh, I think it's hurt DeSantis politically as Donald Trump's numbers have exploded in recent weeks. But I'd like both of you to weigh in on that. Steve Moore, why don't you start? Well, I did read that Wall Street Journal editorial. I thought it was spot on. And you're right, Larry. Both 
DeSantis and Disney are big losers here. DeSantis has to focus on his economic performance, which has been fantastic. You know, he's been a great, great governor of Florida. It's the fastest growing state, more jobs, higher incomes, more businesses moving in. And Disney, I mean, what the hell is going on with Disney? This is supposed to be a family, you know, uh, network and family park. And it's gotten into this crazy LGBTQ stuff and a radical left agenda that's totally, I I mean, Walt Disney must be rolling over in his grave when he sees what's happened to his company. So I, I agree, both of them should just stop. I mean, this is a really bad for the company and for Ron DeSantis. And I'm not picking a favorite right now in the presidential sweepstakes, but you stick with your strong suit, Larry, and that's the economy yep. for DeSantis. I mean, he I've said this on the air so many times. You go back to that Wall Street Journal editorial, Florida versus New York. You yeah. Know, if you live in if you live in uh New York City, you pay fourteen point eight percent tax rate. Uh, if you live in Miami, you pay zero. Uh, Florida has more population than New York, but the size of their budget is half of New York's, half of New York's. And Florida's growth rate uh, is like three times New York over the past uh, seven or eight years. And and for the life of me, I don't know why Monica DeSantis doesn't get on that message. That is a great message, and, you know, he can say, look, I would do for the rest of the country what we've done for New York. He could take on New York. He could take on California and so forth, Illinois. It's it's perfect. But instead, he's mired in it. And, Monica, this past week, Kevin McCarthy said uh, in response to a question that what DeSantis should do is just negotiate a deal as quick as possible. And other people have said if it were Donald Trump, Trump would have made a deal uh, with Bob Iger, the CEO of, the, of, of Disney, Trump would have made a deal in a couple of hours. And so DeSantis is mired in this. And the other thing that's troubling, Monica, uh, put this on the table, it just kind of looks like you've got a Republican governor bashing a business. And, and I don't think that's a good position for DeSantis or, frankly, any Republican leader to be in. GOP should be defending business. Because all Joe Biden does is try to destroy business. Anyway, what's your take on this? Well, I don't think you can separate any of this from presidential politics, right? right? So, look, it does appear pretty evident that Governor DeSantis is going into the presidential sweepstakes, the Republican primary, and the 800-pound gorilla in the GOP Donald Trump. After the indictment of Donald Trump in New York, Trump's uh, poll number, I guess he was already leading DeSantis as close as possible competitor. I'm like 15 points, maybe 20 points. Now he's leading him between 30 to 40 points. And so if you're Governor DeSantis and you're serious about it, you need to carve out your own lane that's distinguish you from President Trump in a Republican primary. Governor DeSantis has been an extraordinary governor for the state of Florida. He has kept Florida free. As you pointed out, he's delivered a very strong economy. I'm sitting in Florida right now. The state is absolutely booming. So I agree with you both that he should get on the ball with an economic plan for the country um, as fast as possible if he is going to but when he is taking a look at his chief rival here for the nomination, Trump, Trump as president delivered a booming economy and world peace. 
that's pretty tough to beat. So I think if you're Governor DeSantis, you're saying, how do I stake out my own claim here? And my own claim is going to be taking on wokeness in the university system in Florida or and or um, in the corporate world. And of course, Disney, I'm, I'm all for supporting businesses of all sizes as a strong conservative, okay? But if you are Disney and you are in the kids' business, and you're also now in the business of grooming children and being okay with the sexualization of children and the trans agenda being forced down their throats through Disney cartoons and Disney theme parks. Well, if I'm the Republican governor, I'm going to take that on. I'm sorry, I just am. Now, I agree with the Wall Street Journal editorial that it, it may not redound to either of their benefits here because it, it looks maybe like a lose-lose. But if I'm Ron DeSantis and I'm serious about running for president, this is the stake in the ground that I'm going to drive because I want to distinguish myself from Trump on this particular issue and make it my signature but, issue. But also, if you're taking on a Goliath like Disney... Yeah, but Monica, hang on a second. I want to... politically. But I want to interject. Right now, they're not arguing about woke. I mean, DeSantis won the woke. The legislature passed the bill, so I think kids under five years old are not going to be subjected to these gender and sex uh, lectures by uh, crazy left-wing people. Okay, he won that. What they're arguing about now is local governance, and they're going into court and Disney has great lawyers, and frankly, they have, uh, I don't know, the Constitution may be behind them. This is about self-governance, and it's also about free speech. I mean, I don't think that DeSantis wants this to drag on and on and on. It's a court fight. Donald Trump may be fighting Alvin Bragg, and everybody knows about the weaponization and the politics of that. That's what's driving Trump's numbers up. But uh, DeSantis fighting Disney in court over local self-governance you know, who's going to run the Reedy local district or whatever it's called? I don't think that's where he wants can I to just, be. Can I just make one point about that? I don't that? think that's I, where he wants to be. I think it is political in the sense that DeSantis, you're correct, he won those fights. Yeah. But then it emerged that in the midnight hour, the previous board trumped DeSantis, right? They had voted like in the midnight hour before the board uh, uh, went away and a new board came in. And DeSantis politically could not be seen to have lost that fight, to have been trumped in a way mm. uh, by the Disney board on their way out the door. And that's why I think he needs to feel so like mine's he's bigger, got the last word. So mine's bigger than yours. That's what this yeah. is coming down to. Yeah. Steve Moore, <laughs> Steve Moore, I'm for Minnie Mouse. What? Do they still have Minnie, Minnie Mouse? They used to have Minnie. They have Mickey. They have Minnie. I used to love Minnie Mouse. She was so cute. When I was yeah, a child, a long time yeah, too ago. Much, too much talking about Minnie and Mickey Mouse, not enough on the economy. But look, right. I want to just say this to defend, not so much to defend DeSantis, but Larry, please, 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 you talk to the president all the time. Stop the trash talking. I mean, yeah. some of his ads against DeSantis are disgusting. They're not true. I know. Florida has had an amazing economic run. DeSantis just got elected with 60% of the vote. Uh, you know, what he's doing in Florida, you know, you can't argue against. So I wish... I wish Trump would not, you know, fabricate the record and, and shoot below the waist because he's doing that right now. All I'll say on that subject, I, I do talk to him occasionally, yes, but yeah. uh, on this subject that you mentioned, 
Uh, I can just say I've tried. Yeah, <laughs> we do. Uh, I tried too. But you've tried. Others have tried. It turns, people, tried. Off, it turns sus- people off. I suspect Monica's. Monica, you're down there. Just go and talk to him. Tell him to stay on message. If Trump stays on message, he's got a shot at being president. But if he doesn't stay on message, he's not going to be president. It's always best when he's talking about policy. Of course he is. By the way, speaking of that horse race, you know, uh, people need to pay more attention to Kamala Harris. Because Kamala Harris, if they ever won, if they ever get reelected, she'll be the president. That's right. I mean, really, everybody knows that. We need to focus more light on Kamala Harris, kids. Uh, go ahead. Feel free to weigh in on that one. We've got about a minute left. Uh, well, look, I mean, the only way she could win the presidency, she, she can't win on her marriage. She would have to ride in on Biden's coattails if, in the slim chance, he's reelected. Um, but they understand that she is historically unpopular. So if Biden falls by the wayside before 2024, they're going to have to deal with Kamala, and I think they may have to get rid of her, too. That's a good point. That's a great point. Anyway, Monica Crowley, thank you ever so much. Steve Moore, thank you ever so much. Listen to more radio. And I'm Kudlow. I'll be back next weekend.